Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey guys, it's Blunt Harris here another Panther Ranch podcast. Happy Thursday to you. Weekend's almost coming. And that's, you know, no other complaints there. Uh... Obviously, we another another week of college football coming up, and um, I'll give a big shout out to the uh, the Crowds Line. It's a uh, free app, actually. You know, you'll Mark May and uh, Lou Holtz do their own thing with it. If you're wondering what where those two, what do, what those two guys are up to as far as college football goes and football in general, they're doing this Crowds Line thing. And basically, it's an app where you just predict scores, and if you hit, if you get in the top ten, you you, you win some uh, some mostly Amazon gift cards. I think last year I won about let's say sixty sixty seventy five dollars of Amazon gift cards doing this, and I've won about thirty five dollars already predicting scores. So um, it's free. All of it's free, and it's stress free. I mean, you're not. It's it's not like. Uh, it's not like freaking DraftKings or uh, FanDuel where you're uh, spending money and making your lineups and being stressed out because uh, two your pit two 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 guys on your team that you picked, well, both of them are uh, one got injured, the other one's a, was a scratch before game time, and you know. So here it's stress free. You just pick it and you just check it, and if you win some, you win some. It's no big deal. I mean, I used to love the. Uh, daily fantasy sports it was awesome because that'd been like me like two bucks three dollars at a time and you play those 50 50 games and you'll you'll win some money there you know it just depends on what you're playing I mean I would sit there and pick my laps and be all excited like yeah I got this great lineup and pff, when games would start they wouldn't score shit so you know, there's so for me there was no stress there. After a while, I mean, it's like daily fantasy sports is pretty much just playing a lot. It's almost like playing the lottery. You know, you may you know, you're, you know, or even the Powerball. I mean, you may hit some money here and there. It's not gonna be a whole lot. You just gotta really do your homework on it. I know what you're doing. But we got a lot to talk about. We got Pitt, North Carolina, which we'll start out with. We got um. The weekend of college football in general, and of course we got Steelers stuff we'll talk about, but you know that's last because you know this is a more of a pit type thing, and you know if you're sick of hearing about the Steelers, you can just turn the damn podcast off. So Pitt's got North Carolina this week. Um, North Carolina, you know, hasn't played a game in two weeks, so obviously they have time to prepare for Pitt. But I guess the curiosity is, 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 is have they really been preparing and what's on their mind because they're dealing with the uh, the hurricanes and its after effects 
I saw they're doing some marketing. Yeah, they're, they're helping out and things, doing a lot, of, you know, doing a lot of charity work. You know, helping people out. So, have, has their mind been really on this uh, game itself, or just on the weather? Because I know for a fact when I was shoot when I was uh, dealing with uh, Harvey last year, pretty much you sat in that. You know, you're sitting at home and it's nothing but rain. You're waiting for something, but you know, really bad to happen. And it, it, it didn't, obviously. You know, at least for where, where we're at, all it did was rain. I mean, we're, we're expecting like you know, gushing winds, all kind of stuff, and it just didn't materialize. It was just a state downpour of rain, and that was it. Then, of course, uh, most of the city was flooded. Well, you know, looking at North Carolina, I mean, they, they, right before uh, this happened, they were, they came, they were coming off a hard, you know, a loss to East Carolina, who supposedly their team will return six starters from last year. And it's a power, you know, it's a power six school or group of five or whatever you call it. I guess you can call it outsiders looking in. But obviously, it was, you know, they lost that game. And North Carolina, I believe, is still without their starting quarterback. He's suspended. So, you know, pick up, gets a little bit of a break there. I mean, if we're being honest, this, this win here for Pitt is gift wrapped. All they got to do is go in there, kick the shit out of them, and get out. And get out. But it's easier said than done. Right? Especially with Pitt. Because obviously the second half seems to be a mystery with Pitt. I mean, Albany, obviously it's Albany. You know, you want to go out of there, you know, uh, scratch free. Penn State, they just imploded. Uh, Georgia Tech, they were up big at the, at the end of the half. And then second half, it seemed like Tech just dictated things. Which brings me back to the anniversary. You know, there was a thing on Twitter with the, you know, the anniversary of uh, Pitt Toledo from 2003, and Pitt had a big lead at halftime. I think they led 24-7, I believe. And I don't know what the hell happened, but uh, if I remember correctly, they just Pitt couldn't close out the game, and Toledo just uh, they picked up a lot of steam and. Unfortunately, broke a lot of hearts. I mean, that was a heartbreaking loss for Pitt. For I mean, for Greg, I mean Bruce, Bruce you know, Tulia was no slouch, and Bruce Gratkowski was their uh, quarterback. And Gratkowski just picked us apart. I mean, I think he threw for four over forty yards. He threw for as as I've read, and yeah, that sucked. And of course, with Pitt, if you looked, I looked at their stats here, if I remember correctly, Fitzgerald had a huge game. Rutherford threw for over 300 yards, but the running game struggled. I mean, Myrie only had 62 yards on 20 carries in that game. And I think with Myrie, he was still hurt. He wasn't really totally healthy. And we spent most of the uh, year with, uh, you know, with Jawan Walker, and I think Kirkley as our backs. And. And it just they, you know, we just could get nothing going on the ground whatsoever. I mean, it was it sucked because we don't have a running game. You can't, you know, you, you can't do dick. Or in Pitt's case, you just keep throwing the ball up. 
But uh, right before the hurricane began, North Carolina obviously was trying to shore up their defense. I guess uh, they were East Carolina. I guess they did. You know, they did better uh, stopping the run. But uh, again, it's East Carolina. It doesn't really matter. I think uh, what they'll probably do, like any team does, they're probably going to um, force Kenny Pickett to make plays, and they're going to you know, obviously force law in the passing game because Pitt's strength is running the ball right now, and they're doing a hell of a damn job at it. And I think what's going to happen is they're going to put the you know the offensive position where they're going to have to make plays, especially especially in the passing game. So. Hopefully we uh, see more of the passing game, but you know, North Carolina really doesn't have much else going on as far as offense goes. I mean, there's nothing really stands out with them. They were they were they were really horrible last year, and somehow Pitts somehow find a way to lose to them. So, you know, I'm not gonna spend too much energy on this because it's pretty straightforward what they need to do. This team sucks. Go out, beat the crap out of them. Second half comes. You don't put your foot off the pedal. You keep, uh, you know, just keep burying them. And I think you know the defense. You know, they, last week they did a hell of a job against Georgia Tech. And I mean, to be fair, what if you know if one thing pitch me thankful for is that Georgia Tech couldn't can't throw the football for shit. Because if Tech actually had some sort of passing game. It would have been a lot more problematic, but then again, maybe Pitt would have had more urgency to uh, to actually put their opponent away. Who knows? But anyways, that's pretty much a you know, recap of that. Penn State plays Illinois tomorrow on a Friday night. Do you remember? Like, uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you are old enough to remember message boards where you know, Penn State would have this condescending. Uh, take on people on, on college football programs play on Friday nights because you know the real programs play on Saturdays yeah now Penn State is playing on a Friday night so I'm sure the excuse is going to be oh you know things have changed with television now and yeah you know so you know they have, we have to play now and you know to be fair Penn State is 10th ranked but I'm just saying for a while, a lot of people were playing on Friday nights, not just uh, you know Pitt or the or the lowly Big East at the time, because you know it was always Big East teams that did this crap. But the but the thing is, is with the Big East, we had to get on TV as any, any way we could. It's just like the Mac conf- in our conference, we had to get on television as much as we could, and so be it. It had to be Friday nights, you know, any way to promote the conference, we could. Uh, look at the rest of the games here. Georgia shall wax Missouri and stay in the second ranked. Notre Dame is eighth ranked at Wake Forest, but I don't really buy Notre Dame's eighth rank. You know, being t- top ten, I don't just I don't see it right now. I think Wake. I think they'll be Wake though because Wake just isn't good. Nebraska, and Michigan. Nebraska's zero and two, and I think they're gonna go zero and three because Michigan's. You know, Michigan didn't play all that bad last week. They beat. You know, it was great. It was SMU, but you know, Shea Patterson looked a lot confident, a lot more confident in the pocket making his throws and making his reads when I, when I, from what I saw and I think they're going to you know pace the, you know pace them um, Alabama and Texas A&M it's at Bama 
I don't see um, A&M pulling this one off. I think that A&M will give them a game and um, scare Bama a little bit, but I think Saban and company will tear them apart because, you know, they have, um, Bama has a really good quarterback, and we saw, you know, a lot of him in that national championship game, and he's just gotten better and better. And I think he's going to be a lot harder to stop. Kansas State, uh, West Virginia. Kansas State really just isn't the team they used to be. And I think they were, you know, not too long ago, they were in contention for, you know, in the top 10. And, you know, they just, um, I think it was actually for a coachable playoff. But Kansas State's going to win games. They're just not the Kansas State as we remember. Like, you know, they just don't they just don't get the players like everybody else does anymore. I mean, they'll still win games, but that's about it. Scrolling for the rest of the list, Mississippi State, Kentucky. I think Luke gets, you know, that's going to actually be a tough game for Mississippi State. You know, Kentucky's getting better. and But I think uh, Luke Getze and Joe Moorhead roll out and uh, get the 4 0. Um, Arkansas to Auburn. That should be an easy game for Auburn because Arkansas sucks really bad. Arkansas got, Arkansas got pasted by North Texas by, you know, 44 17, I believe. Uh, Michigan State, Indiana. Yeah, State should win that one. Uh, big Pac-12 matchup, Stanford, Oregon. I think Stanford takes care of business there. But uh, yeah, that's your uh, big marquee game. There's um, there's Arizona State, Washington, and if, if Herm Edwards doesn't blow last week's game, that becomes a marquee game for the Pac-12. But. You know, I think uh, Washington will pull that one up. I think Washington's going to blow them out because I think, you know, Herm Edwards is going to get knocked back down to earth. But other than that, that's really, you know, as far as other games are concerned, there's Wisconsin, Iowa. That's, that's always going to be a tough game. I mean, if you like rock 'em, suck 'em, hard hitting football, a lot of, you know, if you love power football as well, those two t- in really tough defense. You know, hard-working defense, quote-unquote. That's a game you probably want to watch. That should be exciting. But, uh, yeah, as far as the, um, you know, there's really nothing else that stands out as far as marquee games go. I mean, that's really about it. Now, look at the rest of the ACC. Uh, Boston College has Purdue, and that should be an intriguing matchup. Uh, Purdue... Lost last week. I believe they lost to a crappy team, I think, if I remember correctly. I mean, it was part of that bad week for the Big Ten. Uh, for Boston College, this is a huge game for them. I know it's just Purdue, but if they win this game, they go to the 4-0, and I think that's where Steve Adazio wants to do. You know, wants, you know, They went to a bowl game last year at 7-6, I believe, and this will be a big game for them, big start for them. If they can get the four and zero, and maybe just maybe the ACC uh, Atlantic, maybe isn't the as far as an easy path for Clemson as we think. Maybe there's a bunch of teams that are going to give them problems because some of these teams are getting better and better each week. Um, Louisville, Virginia, the games at Virginia and. Uh, 
I do like uh, the Cavaliers in this one this time around. Um, Louisville last week, it's at Virginia for one thing. Louisville um, escaping against Western Kentucky. And obviously, without Lamar Jackson, they're having their struggles. Well, let's say, let's face it, they were having their struggles when they had Lamar Jackson last year. So I think Virginia's got, you know, if they're going to come in, they're going to take care of business. Otherwise, Broncos going to have uh, some have his hands full there because last year they were pretty. You know, Virginia came out hot, and it was a lot of overhype. And we all saw that when Pitt played them and beat them. Uh, Clemson, Georgia Tech. This game obviously is a big, desperate game for uh, for Georgia Tech and for Paul Johnson. They got to have this game, but I don't see it happen. I think Clemson beats them. Uh, the point spread on this game right now is Clemson by 16. Obviously, Tech is getting 16 points. I have a feeling, though, that Paul Johnson Company will cover this game late. <clears throat> but don't take my word for it. I'm just guessing. I'm by, by any means, am I no gambling expert? I don't really bet on football at all ever because it's too much. It's just it's too much stress on me. Uh, Virginia Tech and Old Dominion. That's pretty self-explanatory. Tech should beat the crap out. Virginia Tech should beat the crap out of them. Florida National Miami. Miami should have this game with no problem. Uh, I have a feeling, though, that, um, you know, Florida International will give them some trouble early. But I think Miami comes out and wins that one because they just have, you know, Miami just has the athletes. North Carolina Central Duke. That's an obvious game right there. Duke's going to, you know, beat them and go to 4 0. I mean, I was hard on Duke preseason, but they've they've started out four zero and on a, on a hot on a hot note. Although Duke's had some injuries as of, as of recent, but still, though, this is good for them. Another win for them, so that they get two two wins away from a you know from a, out being bowl eligible, and you gotta love that. I mean, how, I mean, same thing at Boston College. I mean, if you can get to four zero, that's awesome. All you gotta do is somehow win two more games and you're good. Or unless you scheduled a bunch of, you know, a bunch of cupcakes and you can continually build your resumes if you're doing something. Uh, Northern Illinois and Florida State. Tough game. Really it is because it's a MAC team and and Northern Illinois is really no slouch. But I think uh, Florida State We'll pull this one off. I know we've been rough on Willie Taggart, but I think I have a feeling he. Uh, I have a feeling they're, they're going to break the spell here because they got beat by Syracuse. They didn't just get beat by Syracuse, they got their asses kicked by them. And if you're Florida State and you're getting the shit kicked out of you by, by Syracuse, that's a lot of red flags. And I think. Um, Willie Taggart's going to have a sit down and come to Jesus meeting right now and I hope he's had that because he probably needs it uh, let's see UConn and Syracuse UConn sucks so Syracuse is a 20 point favorite so they should win that one with no problem 
Yukon um, obviously has really fallen off since um, they went to the BCS game in you know, 2010. And that was pretty much the peak of their program because um, after that it was just downhill because Randy Edsel left. They replaced Randy with Paul Pasqualoni, and I still have no effing clue why the hell would you re- replace a guy who's built your program, lay a foundation with a, a coach who's pretty much a has-been. And, you know, for one thing, he was fired from Syracuse because basically they, you know, they were sucking really bad. I mean, they uh, they finished 10-3 the one season. I think it was uh, 2001 they finished 10-3. And they were doing really good. But then uh, they started, you know, they had a pair of really bad losing seasons. And, well, that was that. And so, I mean, the guy, the game obviously passed him by, and so I don't see why um, you would have uh, that type of hire. And and after that, it's just been one disastrous hire after another with for them. And I'm not sure if UConn's ever going to dig themselves out of this. I mean, there's not much football talent in that area where they're at, so it's hard to recruit. And if there's any players that are there, they're going to, they're going to go to either Boston College or they're going to go um, to a, to another bigger school. So for the most part, they're fucked. But uh, Syracuse with Dino Babers, Dino uh, coached at Pitt. He was a rings back coach under Walt Harris. He's obviously really you know done some wonders here and. Hey, they may they may go to four zero here if, it, if they do good for them. Uh, last game was NC State Marshall, and you know they've had two weeks to prepare for Marshall. And Marshall's no slouch in conference USA. They've won, a, they've had a lot of double digit uh, double digit um, winning seasons. Marshall's two and zero as well. So this will be a tough game, a really big test for NC State. But I think they pull that one off as well. No, you know that's no big deal. All right, you guys. That pretty much wraps up the weekend of college football as well. Was I preview to that? Um, obviously, the Steelers have become, I guess, a quote-unquote soap opera with a lot of their stuff. I mean, that's pretty much a lot of people are saying. And first, you got what started Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell obviously is losing money because he's not playing. He's holding out. He's living life you know, doing jet skis, rap videos, and I'm kind of surprised that, um, I'm actually surprised that, you know, the NFL could have gotten him perform at halftime, you know, I mean, he's got, you know, he's got, if he's got that mixtape, but, you know, haven't performed songs, but in the case of, um, the halftime special, people are obviously confused, social media is confused about the selection, as if this is something new with the NFL. And it really is nothing new as far as that goes. I mean, the Steelers, I guess, um, when they play their Super Bowl in Detroit, I forget who it was scheduled, but it was a pretty puzzling act that they scheduled. 
given all the musical history in Detroit that they could have used. Same with Houston as well. A bunch of guys they could have scheduled, groups, and they uh, went with Lady Gaga. So, this is nothing new. And I think in the case of um, today's climate, I think Maroon 5 is your safe choice for uh, a halftime special. I mean, that's. I mean, people complain about Shawn Mendes doing the uh, the first game of the year performing, but I thought Shawn Mendes was a safe choice too, mainly because you know if you schedule a you know primarily a a quote unquote urban act like a uh, like a hip hop R and B act, you're gonna have one side complaining. Well, you know, I don't know why they scheduled it so and so. We all remember when Beyonce came out, you know, dressed as a. Um, dresses a Black Panther and yada 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 they're, they're going to probably do some sort of uh, they're going to do some sort of social justice thing you know I don't like this and then if you schedule like a rock guy like a, like a Kid Rock or whoever they're going to say well you know they're all about standing for the flag and yada 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 they don't care about you know so basically really what it is is you got both sides bitching about either act so here if you schedule Maroon 5 it's a safe. It's safe because you get both sides of the fence bitching about Maroon Five. You know, you basically if, if you're you're uniting both sides of this of this equation here, so they all get together and agree that Maroon Five sucks. Same with Sean. That's the same reason for Shawn Mendes. You get both sides. The you know with all the musical history Philadelphia has, you get both sides a reason to bitch about the uh, the act. So there you go. It's a win win. You know, so I mean, they, no big deal. So getting back to Olivia Bell, the whole out obviously is bad for him in a lot of ways because the Steelers are still scoring points without him. Yeah, he's getting his body rest, but he's losing money, and the Steelers' offense has pretty much moved on without him. And really, the Steelers are 0-2, and as long as bad as their defense is, unless they do something magical with it, they've got to keep uh, scoring points and outscoring their opponents to win games. And if that happens, you know, the Steelers can say, well, you know, we scored all these points without you and we won games. We really, you know, don't feel the need to pay your, you know, your value really isn't that, you know, vital. And then the other side, but if they lose games, they're saying, well, you know, we we lost games. We still score points, but we lost games, so we really don't have to we can lose without you. So, really, it's a lose-lose for Le'Veon Bell, for him sitting out. So, if anything, for him, you know, he gets the, you know, I'm sure he has money saved, and he's made a whole bunch of it, so he can go rest up and enjoy life, you know. Half out of Miami, enjoy the extended vacation. Because if they sign you, if you haven't really been training, you're out of shape. Then I would tell you. One thing you don't want to do is hold out because if you're out of shape, you know, you know, just stop training because you're out of shape, and well, it doesn't help you in the open market the next year. 
I mean, I remember when Barry Foster when he was out. I think the Steelers, I think the Steelers traded him to uh, Carolina. I think and he got cut. And basically, what happens? What happened when I remember when Merle Hodge said was he got a big contract with the Steelers at the time, and he pretty much stopped training after that. He stopped. He wasn't really taking. He wasn't taking care of himself as much because he got his money and he didn't care about anything else. So he got when we traded him to Carolina, he got cut, and we were all surprised by it. And um, he tried to, um, I guess, he signed with the Bengals later that season, and I think he retired. I think you know that week of practice, he retired because he said he felt old, like an old man. And that's the thing: if you'll, you may not, you may not have a team, and if you're looking for a team, you gotta keep training, you gotta keep yourself ready as if you're uh, getting ready to um, to play you know, next week but um, you know that's that's his prerogative I don't care now the Antonio Brown stuff has been you know, a little different obviously got pissed off late in the game and stormed off and of course he's been acting on social media as well and you know I guess some guy who worked PR, I guess, to set her on his mouth. And Antonio Brown just said, trade me then. And, of course, the whole storm happened. And, of course, he doesn't show for practice. And people are complaining, saying he should be suspended. I mean, the guy just mispracticed. I mean, if anything, you, you, you find him out talking to. I mean, the guy isn't a total monster. I mean, yeah, he's been a sideshow. But the guy comes in, he trains, he puts in his work, he works hard at his craft, despite that. So you can't, you know, he's not a total monster. It's just, I mean, it's, for, I mean, this stuff is just little stuff, and it's been, it's, I guess it's been, you know, it's kind of annoying to some people. But uh, there's no need to suspend him. Of course, Doran Dickerson made a comment on Twitter saying, "Well, if Sidney Crosby did this, would you suspend him? If he missed a practice, you know, would you, you know, a week before the Capitals game?" Well, the thing about the Peng- hockey is it's a different schedule than football. So the Capitals game may not be for another week, but you may have one or two games before that. So I mean, are you going to suspend him for the Capitals, but not the other two? Wouldn't make sense, would it? But I'm guessing Dorham was hypothetically speaking. And the comments were golden because it, you know, it would never happen because it's Sidney Crosby. He's a champion. Well, what if, despite that, he was still a sideshow? Would the Penguins suspend him? Probably not. They probably, you know, they probably would find him. I'm sure Mary would have a little talking to and say, hey, you know, you're the captain. Cut, cut, cut this bullshit out. Because if you remember, Yager was kind of, Yager in his final season with the Pens was kind of a crybaby, and Mary had a talking to him about that as well. And of course, we ended up trading Yager not too long after that because we couldn't afford to pay him. But you know, Mary had a talking to with him about that. So I'm sure, you know, just like what Tolman did, he probably had a talking to with him. But. Uh, 
you know, I remember the 1990 Steelers start out one and three, and they had a team meeting, and you know, they finished the year nine and seven. I mean, they barely missed the playoffs, and I'm sure you know Steelers will have had these discussions, and, and I mean. I'm sure about you know the quarterback Ben Roethlisberger has had these discussions. Well, at least I hope he has, because he's been pretty quiet about it. Unless he's uh, you know, doing things behind closed doors with with these guys, and so you have to hope hope it is. But part of me thinks that Ben really can't. Re- you know, Ben's supposedly old school, and he's been in the league for so long, and I don't think he can really relate to a lot of these newer, younger guys and the stuff they're doing. You know, some do adapt to social media and stuff, but some are just like, uh, you know, uh. But anyways, guys, I'm done rambling. Enjoy your weekend. And the game's coming up. Hell to pit. Bye.